1: we are recording, recording in progress with the one and only Mr. Jorge Webb also known as George Webb a man of many names and by that i mean one name George Webb i don't know why i said that Sunday March 19th 2023 at 3:08 p.m. eastern time and guys as always if you want to support the podcast click on the little red button above it's locals you can donate a couple bucks a month for exclusive whatever all right George so i've been it's been a couple of weeks since you've been on taking a couple of days off from the podcast but I have been following your, your Twitter over the last couple of days about SVB, uh, Pfizer, and it was Jordan Walker's boss, and I'm going to butcher the name, but Shang Wu. Can you, explain, can you explain who she is and the importance of her and all that?
0: Sure. Uh, first of all, Tommy, great to be back on the podcast. And so uh, James O'Keefe, for those who missed it, uh, I think 50 million people saw the video. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, that's a lot of people now, who knows, Tommy, after this, maybe 50 million we'll watch about Shuang Wu. I hope so. But yeah, it's, uh, they presented a, uh, an org chart. Uh, she's the boss of, uh, you know, the boss of Jordan Walker. And then they presented two other people going to the CEO. One guy's named Dolsten, D-O-L-S-T-E-N, uh, from Sweden, and he's the chief science officer. And then. Borla is the CEO. So, it, what's interesting about both Jordan Walker that didn't come out with the James O'Keefe, uh, fifty million views, is he. A lot of the things on his resume didn't quite add up. Uh, he was a consultant, first of all. Second, he he had he hadn't been through medical school. You'd gotten about as far as he did. Uh, he graduated, but he didn't. He dropped out of his first year of internship. He hadn't been at Pfizer 10 years. He couldn't have been there more than a a year or two. You know, so there's a lot of holes in his resume. Uh, And then if you go one level above him, which is Shuang Wu, which is you're talking about, uh, she also was a consultant from McKinsey. They're the ones that did Operation Warp Speed. So one's Boston Consulting, then then McKinsey. Uh, And usually you bring in consultants when uh, at that level, when you want to put some new change in and you know you're going to get resistance yeah and so you bring it you know you bring in the that seems like what happened here for bringing in mrna into pfizer um she wrote a paper called light speed one and then uh, Lightspeed light speed two light speed one in 2020 was about hey let's move everything to mrna uh, let's kind of you know go to the pipeline and look at everything again <laughs> with this fast to market mRNA technology. And then the other uh, piece she wrote in 2021 was, let's look at everything we do, not just the coronavirus vaccine, not just the COVID vaccine, but let's look at everything we do and move that to light speed. And her co-author, what's important about this is all these white papers tell the story of what really happened. So to leave them out is sort of like leaving out the Declaration of Independence and just saying Thomas Jefferson was a guy, was a 33-year-old guy who lived in Virginia. Okay, yeah, but the Declaration of Independence is a, is a big deal. And and Jordan Walker had written this paper, which had said, hey, with Boston Consulting Group, saying, hey, we should go mRNA. And then his co-authors about a week later write a thing saying, hey, we should resurrect remdesivir. So these are not like incidental papers not these trivial. are things that not trivial these are things that really set the stage for mrna and and the last thing i'll say is her her boss wrote them with her Xuang Wu. so dolston wrote these with her so so again these are really important things to look at
1: okay um also just being a totally uh, selfish asshole. I forgot. I'm going to, I'm going to tweet you the, I'm not tweet you. I'm going to text you the live link right now. Can you, uh, can you tweet that? Sure. Cause I'm just being a total, uh, asshole about that. Um, yeah. no, but so I think
0: what you're saying is you're trying to promote your channel. I think uh, that's exactly think what should. I'm saying.
1: Yeah, no, I always, because
0: you have a great, uh, channel and, and, uh, Thank you You know, all your guests are fantastic and, uh, people should go back in a library and look at all, you have some of the most significant. Thank you. I'll just leave it at that. Documents for coronavirus. Thank you. Just leave it at that.
1: I genuinely, I genuinely appreciate that, George. And you can go back and find George and I's early episodes. I think one of our early episodes, I was wearing a Winnie the Pooh shirt and we talked about Xi Jinping (laughs) for an hour. Um, but you're going to text that to me. Yeah. I just, I think I just did. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yes. Oh yeah. And, um, so following your Twitter, I keep noticing that also there's other two points I want to bring up before I forget. One is why Sh- Shuang Wu, and you say, I mean, I probably could have answered these questions for myself had I just watched one of the videos, but I was, I tend to scroll your Twitter like while I'm playing video games. So I will just, I kind of get like the screen cap of like George Webb and I'll be looking at it while, you know, playing Red Dead Redemption and shooting horses or something. But I saw Shuang Wu and you keep saying everywhere all at once. And then the other thing I want to bring up is, a, a CEO or a CFO or someone, some auditor in it was it Germany, some some high up executive at 44 just died. Right. Yeah. Could you take yeah. one so, of either of those uh, everywhere all at once or the 44 year old?
0: Well, everywhere all at once was a cheap ploy of trying to misdirect all the people who didn't want to watch a really uh, super woke movie. Uh, From Hollywood and redirect them to a real life drama of an Asian woman who really is everywhere all at once in real life. Um, If you watch the movie and pay 20 bucks on Netflix, it'll be about this woman who's uh, owns a laundromat. She's getting audited by the IRS and she's looking for some kind of escape. And so she starts dreaming about uh, being a samurai swordswoman. Fighting all these evil characters. So she's daydreaming, basically. And we had done two um, documentaries in San, uh, in San Diego about an Asian woman being literally everywhere all, all at once, even though she couldn't travel. She was trapped inside a business where uh, it was super woke. And so they weren't allowed to talk against the vaccine. They wanted, they were going to fire her if she didn't get the vaccine. She finally had to get the vaccine. And we laughed about it because she was able with her phone to do all this fantastic research and really affect things in the real world. She got me a lot of big interviews like with David Icke and Gareth Icke and stuff like that. So it's like, she really was everywhere all at once and it's a better movie than the other movie. And so I was a cheap ploy to take advantage of all the Oscar advertising.
1: Gotcha. Well that, uh, uh, that, that's actually as always that's genius. Yeah, no, that original movie that sounds like shit. It's just as an aside, that sounds god awful. It, it was terrible. That <laughs> sounds, <it> sounds absolutely <laughs> fucking awful. Sorry. Um, ours, was, ours was ours yours awesome. is much better. Yours is yeah, mu- yeah, yeah. by default. I mean, to be fair, you you, you chose a weak opponent, George. <laughs> you chose a weak. That's that's Hollywood. that's Mike Tyson fighting a kid in a wheelchair. It's like, hey man, you were probably gonna beat. It, Evander Holyfield, but what you just, what you did was a war crime. Um, and then, so who's this other guy, the, the 44 year old guy, did he just die? Uh, no, no, no.
0: He died in 2021 after kind of a lot of, gotcha. uh, auditing started, but this is, I, I need to take down a little bit of a winder here. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we're in Venice, Cal, uh, Florida right now, uh, close to it. And, uh, the original cell, the Hamburg cell, I don't know if you've ever heard about this, Na- Muhammad Na- Atta. Was... Yeah. Yep, yep. He was in the Hamburg cell. And uh, this is a uh, term of uh, art for tradecraft where all the spies kind of live together and in loose association until one day they get the phone call saying you need to fly planes into the World Trade Center. Uh, and so he... Uh, my concept was always... Uh, you know, just like everybody else, 20 guys all learn how to fly here in Venice, and then they went all over to the other side of Florida and learned how to fly the simulator for the 757 and 767, and that's the story of 9-11. But then this guy came up to me at one of these trials in 2018, and he said, you got it all wrong. Uh, the second part of 9-11 was going to be a bio-agent attack. And the bioagent attack was going to be, first, they were going to have the reason why they were training on crop dusters over here and flying in formation like the Red Baron, you know, with the Flying Circus or the... Blue Angels? Yeah, that kind of thing. in formation was going to be, they were going to fly in formation and crop dust New York with anthrax.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was the dark winter exercise that Woolsey and all them have in July or June was because they had gotten intelligence that this might happen. So building seven, they had put in a new anti-terrorism unit that was going to be the coordinating center. You know, all this story about nine 11. Well, since then we've had about 20 uh, or 25 live exercises, you know, uh, simulations, drills, whatever you want to call them rehearsals for this dark winter. And anyway, um, this guy basically said these guys haven't gone away so he's meeting me in 2018 saying they're going to attack again now again the cia probably is a wink wink we have the whole plan of how to respond and put in all the extra things to limit the constitution when it happens but it's another shoe that's yet to drop okay now this is where the silly
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires
1: downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ken
0: Valley Bank comes in because typically these things have been financed through HSBC. Mm -hmm. They had moved it over to Signature Bank. It had been BCC before that. It was
1: Crown and Castle before that. BCCI. That was a huge one. BCCI. Sorry, and HSBC, that that was Hezbollah, right? They... That was in, I think, 2011. I remember I was living in a frat house, and I just remember seeing that on the screen. It was like HSBC showing to have fun money through Hezbo, and I just remember laughing. I was like, could it be more comically evil? Sorry, keep going. <laughs> no, 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 it's true. It's, it's, this is like it's three years eat. after 08, and it's like HSBC is like laundering money for terrorist group Hezbo, and I was like, holy shit.
0: Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And and so this guy named uh, Hope, or Hope Hoppe, H-O-P-P-E, uh was um involved with this bank. Um Silicon Valley Bank actually had a branch uh in Germany. Uh it was based in um I think uh, I, I'm getting late breaking news here about his death. Uh thank you thank you very much. Um I I now have the Wi-Fi passwords for later on. But uh that's why you're coming I'm I'm on an iPhone eleven. But you're good. Yeah this is pretty good. Um So anyway, the idea is they're going to use Silicon Valley Bank to finance this attack. And all these students from China, uh, these uh, thousand talent students that are studying in Germany, are learning their tradecraft. And then they're going to come back and then they're going to launch this thing. But it's but it's not going to just be in China. It's going to that's where it's going to start. But then it's going to go all around the world and so forth. Dark winter. Okay. Now. Now, this person who told me this didn't say it was going to be Chinese students. He just said this thing in the Duisburg cell. He said that there's something called a Duisburg scholar. And Mohammed Atta was a Duisburg scholar. There's a city in Germany called Duisburg. And the guy who originally was with uh, Bayer and Duisburg were the original guys that come up with chemical weapons in World War One. And what they did is they established a scholarship fund to keep the science going and have a, basically a foundation front to keep the um, science going in studying bioagents. So, uh, the Duisburg scholars like Muhammad Adha, trained apparently in, uh, Cairo and he trained in Germany, trained in, uh, Turkey and, and was teaching people how to build bombs and, and so forth. Um, uh, You probably, nobody's ever heard this side of the 9-11 story, but this is the connection to Silicon Valley Bank because we, there is a connection between Shuang Wu and this, this cell, this Duisburg cell. And it's not just the ones that got Silicon Valley Bank funding. Uh, There's a couple of other guys and, and without putting too much detail on it, that's the gist of it that we think a Silicon Valley bank is completely unrelated yeah. to the Jordan Walker story. And I did too until I saw the actual connections between Schwang and Silicon Valley bank, Germany where this guy dies at 44 years old. So that that's, that's a crazy twist that I didn't expect.
1: SVB tied into, so essentially SVB tied into really kind of the nucleus of every story in the last three years is it somehow comes back to, to mRNA shots, warp speed, the 2017 spars, World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, you're going to eat the bugs and be happy. It does really kind of, I guess, unsurprisingly, once you say it out loud, it does all come back to that, that evil Nazi eugenicist. But so is SVB falling? Is that also associated or is that somehow, is that just a coincidence or is it falling? Does that have something to do with sort of everything Jordan, Walker, Shuang Wu, that guy dying, O'Keefe leaving and starting O'Keefe Media. Is this all is this just by is this correlation or causation?
0: Well, uh, I think HSBC buys uh, the bank, uh, which is uh, SVB Bank uh, UK for a dollar, one pound. I mean, and I think SVB UK uh, basically inherited all the assets here. So they collapse the bank after they're done. Sort of with the operations, you know, to kind of use it and then throw it away. But if people have any doubt about Shuang Wu, let's start off with the fact. And remember, um, there's a whole bunch of circumstantial evidence here, and there's no real smoking gun. So I'm not trying to sell this as I here I you know on the Tommy Kerrigan show I'm breaking yeah. the story of the du- Duisburg cell in Wuhan, but somebody had to something happened at the Wuhan institute of virology it could either be a lab leak or somebody could have deliberately hacked it and caused some kind of lab leak it, it could be intentional or it could be totally accidental okay so this is the what if it was on purpose and it turns out Shuang wu does actually have a patent in 2018 with a guy who writes artificial intelligence software Four air conditioning systems. Uh, And not just any old air conditioning systems, these high end BSL air conditioning systems. It's called York Air. York Air Conditioning. They used to be based in York, Pennsylvania. Like HEPA filters? Yeah. Like HEPA filters, but 20 of them in a row, HEPA filters.
1: That would maybe be used in a bio lab.
0: Yes. And (laughs) it gets worse. It gets worse because Johnson Controls bought them. So her her patent is actually in the Johnson Controls, which is a lot more than just York Air. Now York Air it turns out does eighty five percent of the hospitals in the United States, but Johnson Controls also did a huge project uh, in Wuhan, building hospitals in Wuhan. They were cited in two thousand sixteen for a bribery case to get into the Chinese market. For, for starters. But then they're also involved in a, a very rapid build of this german bio lab that nobody ever talks about uh, that was Merkel went there and, and cut the ribbon on september the 4th uh 2019 about uh, about a week before the september 11th event at the wuhan lab on the 12th they seem to pull all their database offline they seem to be reacting in some manner to an event that happened on September 11th at the Wuhan lab. So she's she's connected to not only that Johnson Controls putting in that lab with Huawei and Johnson Controls uh, partnership, but then there's two other hospitals they build in like 10 days. And Johnson Controls is very closely embedded in those. And there's all these operatives we've identified going back and forth, Chinese students, but but studying in Germany, just like Mohammed Atta, Studied from Egypt that are involved, and just like nine eleven, it's kind of a a lot of detail right now, but it's this interesting smoking gun for sure.
1: Didn't I think in one of our past episodes? I mean, like a long, like I think like November twenty twenty one, in and around then, like a pretty long ways away. I remember you describing like the distribution of COVID. I don't know if this is related or not, but for some reason my brain's bringing it up. It was like a distribution of COVID in Wuhan and the way it spread out. And it it wasn't as even as it would be like had somebody or a group of people got on a train and if you like followed the distribution through the city, you would kind of have it flowing outwards. It was like these separate sort of nucleuses that almost looked it seemed artificial. It seemed like astroturfing as opposed to grassroots. Is that, I don't know why my brain's bringing that up. Maybe it's trying to tell me that there's something related. Is that related at all? Or is that total bullshit? And am I just.
0: No, interesting that you bring that up. Interesting. Your choice of the word nucleus, because what, if what happens in a real virus is I have a cold and I cough or whatever, and then I get somebody else infected and the strength of their virus is every bit as strong as mine and it goes from person to person to person and it can go for a hundred people and it's just as strong as on the hundredth infection as it is on the first, right? Could be worse, could kill people along the way. Uh, It could even mutate and get get more infective. But if you have what's called a virus-like particle, which is used by the military for countermeasures to create the effects of uh, summoning antibodies in your system uh, to react against uh, the uh, a, a substitute virus or a pseudo right? But then you hollow out the nucleus so that it doesn't have any replication engine, doesn't have any way to reproduce. You create what's called a virus-like particle, and it's it's what's used in vaccines because you get all the benefit of having a virus on the outside, which is what creates your immune response, but you have none of the downside of, of it replicating. Spreading. And we have a virus-like particle uh, pattern. We have a very concentric, if you're in hospitals, if you were in old age homes, if you were in uh, certain mm. concentrated areas, airports, train stations, but we didn't, we had some, uh um, but we didn't have like during like if you had Milan train station as being one place where we looked at where we had a big spread, you would think it would it would travel all up and down the train lines equally.
1: Yeah.
0: You no, know, as people would infect. And you would have basically the whole the whole crisscross of the train lines being the red areas. And that's not what happened. You have these splotches. You have these splotches. And that this is the thing why is nobody doing any epidemiology epidemiology goes all the way back to a a pump a bad pump with bad water yeah in london yeah uh so this is an old science for cholera you know 150 years old
1: yeah so it's like if uh if i think the easiest way to visualize it for me at least is like a top-down map of manhattan if you started at like the 9 11 memorial and went all the way up to central park if it was organic, you'd be going up, but you'd also be branching out side to side, right? And then those would be branching out perpendicular and perpendicular to perpendicular. and But instead, it's just kind of like a burst at the 9-11 memorial, a burst at the Empire State Building, and a burst at, like, you know, uh, Central Park. Mm-hmm. So... It's artificial. Is that in any way tied into um, tied into the the air conditioners, or is that am I am I is yes that a stretch?
0: No, it's very much tied in the air conditioners because they actually had in a town called uh, Guangzhou, which is on the southern coast of China. Uh, they had a restaurant where somebody had put in an air conditioner that had been doped with virus-like particles. Again, Shuangwu also has businesses there. Uh, in China, that she's doing joint ventures with the United States. That's why we think she might be a front person for a whole bunch of high tech investment in this technology. Uh, but but they the people sitting closest to the air conditioner were the most affected or the, you know, the blower for the for the air conditioner. And then the people further away were less affected. That's another pattern. That's indicative of a virus like particle. the people closest get the most in their lungs and the people farthest away get the least but you're not reinfecting now there's a little bit of reinfection if you cough and you're really close to somebody you have an intimate relationship this is where people started saying it was shedding uh, where they were getting reactions and so forth if you know we haven't we haven't really been given all the maps you know all the uh, uh, epidemiological maps so it's hard to tell right now but the companies like Metabiota are in that business. They're in that business of doing this mapping. And right now, that's kind of a Hunter Biden trade secret. Um, and uh, Johns Hopkins gives us total numbers and they give us a little bit of hot spots, but they're splotchy. They're not the thing that you can zoom in on, like you're saying, and see all the branches and so forth and see. Uh, it should follow train lines, for instance. It should follow uh, where people are kind of packed together and doing a lot of frequent trips. Airports should be less frequent because there's more testing of the temperatures yeah. for, for people, et cetera. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Is this in any way tied in, again, just kind of having glanced at your your tweets? How is this tied into uh, Bain Life Sciences? And is that the same Bain Capital as... as- Old boy Mitt Romney.
0: Now you're really getting into it. So, now Silicon Valley. Tin foil yeah. on. Let's do it. No, oh, no, good. no, no. No, There's no tin foil here. Uh, Silicon Valley Bank had Bain Capital and had a Bain Capital investment group inside of it doing uh, investments in nanotechnology, uh, in this technology, uh, which is mRNA technology. Uh, you know, uh, somebody who knows Mitt Romney and knows Mitt Romney's history like I do in the Midwest, it's easy to jump to conclusions and just say, hey, you talked everybody into doing MRNA because you guys were trying to force MRNA. So you wanted a big cadre of people all doing MRNA and the ones that didn't weren't successful, <laughs> you're just bailing them out with Silicon Valley Bank. Silicon Valley Bank was the banker sitting over there, you know, when they have the timeshare. Presentation, and then there's the person who says, "Well, I don't have enough money to buy the timeshare." They say, "Well, that's okay. Right over here is our finance guy." Yeah. Or you're going to look at a car? Oh, right over here is our yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll get you set right up. Yeah. Yeah. And and that may be what happened. Um, There's another thing called Boston Private. A lot of this stuff goes on in Boston. Um, there's a, a bank called Boston Private we're looking at, and then there's this investment vehicle inside Silicon Valley Bank called Leerink, L-E-E-R-I-N-K. It's usually when a bank starts acting like a venture capitalist that you have bank failures and so forth when they start getting too risky. But a lot of the early uh, shows and so forth were about bonds, which are typically not highly leveraged. Uh, And it seemed like a cover story. This other explanation, which was they used Silicon Valley Bank to underwrite anybody and their brother who wanted to do MRNA there's 160 vaccine candidates for COVID MRNA now only a couple of those can be winners yeah right so they were using the money for MRNA to get up to speed on MRNA but not necessarily producing a COVID vaccine
1: okay so it's kind of like the the feed troughs in the DOD we need a new fire jet you know who's gonna win, and Lockheed wins or Northrop wins, and then it doesn't really matter who wins, because then they always just divvy up the pieces and go, all right, you're gonna make the cockpit, you're gonna make the radar absorbing material, you're gonna make the sidewinders, and they all cash out anyway. It is, it is kind of hilarious that like the highest level of of United States like socialism is the rule, not the exception in the DoD, right? But whatever, no one likes to address that. But the point is, is yeah, even if you're not gonna win, yeah, throw in a throw in a prototype. Throw in a, you know, a right flyer and be like, fuck it. Here's my submission. They'll give you a billion dollars. They don't care they're just printing it. So is it kind of like that where it's like, hey, they're putting out MRNA bids. Like I could put out a bid or I could put out a submission, right? It's here. Here's my submission. It's a Tommy That's a Powerade bottle. No, it's not. It's a vaccine. You know, I'd get at least like a thousand bucks. Right. There's there's something there. Is that. So get more than that. Oh, yeah. yeah I get a lot more than that. I'm just saying just relatively like putting out a Powerade bottle would yield a thousand dollars.
0: There definitely was an emphasis to try to get as many people over to the mRNA technology as possible during the early days of COVID. And they needed everybody to kind of sing from the same sheet of music on this and get as many people going as possible. And if you wave a million or two or five million dollars underneath somebody's nose and say, or 10, um, that's a lot of money. And then you could say, well, let's go ahead and get the stuff. Let's go ahead and get the scientific instrumentation, and let's go ahead and put it in the lab. If it doesn't pan out, we get to keep the stuff, and we can do something else down the track. That would be profitable
1: in its own right, yeah.
0: And that's what DARPA wanted. This is DARPA technology, and they wanted market acceptance for this, and uh, they didn't want uh, uh, Moderna to go it alone.
1: So back to DARPA. Now, not, you know, as we learned, and I think Dr. McCullough said it on here at the end of last year, early this year. I took a couple of days off from the podcast. I'm very foggy right now. But he described how it's basically, you know, it's a DARPA-DOD program kind of using Moderna, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, whatever, as these fronts. Is there any chance that someone like Shuang Wu or whoever, are these also just fronts to be... Is it really one person who's just doing all this, or is it just a very convenient... It'd be like if I... It'd be like if I started to, in addition to doing my podcast, started releasing, like, custom podcast computers and was doing, like, podcast research and was also, like, open my own line of restaurants. At a certain point, you'd be like, there's only so many hours in the day. It's Tommy's acting as a front, right? If I just start releasing new EV batteries, you're going to be like, there's... Tommy's in deep with the intel, right? But I'm only doing podcasts. And... So there's a you know there's a I guess a believability <laughs> to my output. Is there any chance that kind of like Benassi, right? All of the bids go to her. So is there any chance that these are these individuals are just fronts for something even more nefarious?
0: Well, you mentioned the kind of an Elon Musk type of character that he, that does space
1: everything and cars and he's Neuralink and tunnels and he owns Twitter and he's making it more efficient while putting a, a sphere of satellites around the Earth at Mach 30 and controlling <laughs> pigs with brain waves and also doing tesla and i mean yeah no i don't yeah i i i'm not sold i think Elon's probably a bright guy i don't yeah. think this is all him i think he's a yeah. i think he's a face for something
0: well uh he just put out some twitter files which did uh, point to, as you said, uh, a group of Banassi's in Europe, uh, Pietro, Pietro Banassi specifically, that they were definitely going to do a little blackmail, if you will, on the uh, folks who didn't go along with this. Conte was the person he worked for. He was the number two guy. Conte was the, the prime minister. And he said, look, I can report you and, on NATO as a, you know, uh, Russia-leaning prime minister. If you don't go along with this so the first thing they want you to do is go along with it you know from a money point of view hey look we're gonna make all this money second you know your ideology hey you you're a guy of science you want to move things along third is compromise though hey i i'm filling out my list here for nato uh we can even have the cia on your side for the next election or against you. Uh, or or just appeal to the ego, like uh, Peter Strzok says, the M-I-C-E, that's their methodology. Uh, and that that probably did happen with all the European leaders uh, to get this technology punched through. But there was no question uh, that Virginia Benassi did get all the bids. And Pietro Benassi was threatening and compromising all the leaders in Europe uh, to with these Twitter files uh, to push this through. And I think we're on to something here. Um it's nice uh, because I've been out there three years on the Banassi thing and not had a lot of support, and nice to see Elon. Even though Elon, it's hard to believe he does all the things he does, it's nice to see him put out some files that support what I was saying about Italian intelligence and NATO intelligence.
1: Yeah. So what's then, What's then like, the big, big picture? Actually, we're going to put a, a pause in that. George, I really got to use the restroom. You're going to tell everybody where to find you on Twitter and where your website is. I'll be right back.
0: Okay, great. Well, I love bathroom breaks the most because then I can start saying all the things that Tommy won't let me say normally. No, I mean, uh, first of all, doesn't it look like Tommy is like a 64 of a Texas school book depository with that window there? You know, can we be sure that a lot of those vertical boxes are just, you know, curtain rods that he picked up at the local uh B. Uh I don't know. I'd kind of like to look into that to see if he didn't mail order away for a couple of uh Carcanos. It just seems very odd that he would have that kind of perch so high up looking down on a on a 130 degree turn there. But I don't lest I lest I uh wax eloquent I am George Webb, and so you can reach me at realgeorgewebb1, uh, which is on Twitter. Um, my Substack stack is georgewebb.substack.com. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. I, Eddie Ads has published uh, three or four of my books. I gave him seven, so look for a couple more. Um, maybe it's up to five now that he's put out. And I'd like to welcome back, everyone, Tommy Kerrigan. Thank How you, are you, Tommy?
1: Nice. I just we got a nice sweat stand there. That's always attractive. Um, <laughs> so what's, and again, not that you have the answer, not that anyone has the answer. Well, some people have the answer and it's the select few people who are perpetrating it. But what's the, what's the big, big picture? And in the same way that like, okay, we can talk about Muhammad Adda, Al-Hazmi, um, uh, Almadar, we can talk about the Kuala Lumpur like summit in 2000, we can talk about, you know, the Project for a New American Century and it's those are all very important, but it's you have to zoom out and realize that those are all just players, what's the big mechanism of action? An attack on the United States whether by us, allowed by us or organic and thus we move to the Middle East, American war machines sitting over oil fields in close proximity to China and Russia and trillions of dollars in an erosion of civil liberties. So like all the names are important, but it's also important to zoom out and just go, what's the big picture? The global hegemon going to take oil kind of big picture, right? JFK you can get lost in Lee Harvey and, 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 and Ruby. And ultimately it was a military coup against somebody that wanted peace. So if we're to, on Google Earth, if we're to just really zoom out, right, just put your finger on the scroll and just keep going out, keep going out. What is the big, big picture of all of this? What is the purpose behind the mRNA? What is the, what is, is this just as simple as simple, just as as bio ID of uh, CBDCs as just total control of humans and erasure of borders and a world economic forum to rule them all? is this what it is is this just the final is this the coup of all coups not that you have the answer but
0: yeah uh, i think you got it in the question um i think this going back at least to the manhattan project there was a cadre of people that ran that operation from an intelligence point of view that then enjoyed the highest level of clearance highest level of secrecy highest level of investment in technology and They said there's two ways we can play this. One is we can just make it – we can give it to everybody and be egalitarian about it, Um, and according to democratic ideals, but there are always bad actors in the world, so we can't trust them to do that. So if we're going to do this, we have to have kind of an American, let's say, after World War II, hegemony, Mm -hmm. where we have to always be in control of this. And we can – Uh, Basically check, you know, as this technology breaks out in other places, let's just take nuclear for a a quick, you know, well, there's Russia, we'll check Russia, there's now Iran, we'll check Iran, um, uh, China, uh, North Korea, etc. And you, that's the traditional uh, Cold War kind of uh, mentality. yeah. Dogma, whatever.
1: American centric. We have to deliver democracy to the to the world project for a new American
0: century. I was just going to say Bill Crystal and yeah. Wolfowitz and Dick Cheney and all the people in Genie Energy. You know, we got to control the strategic supplies of oil. And then we have to the next thing is going to be uranium and the rare earth metal. So we have to control Lithium, those. And... All those all those kind of strategic uh, war uh, materials. That's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is, hey, wait a minute. As long as we're doing all this, we should be the richest people yeah. too. We should be we should be the elites. We should we should parlay when we develop all this technology, we should parlay that into huge profits for us. We could take, let's say, mRNA, for instance. That's if we put that up for sale, most people are gonna go, eh, why why should I? I'm currently doing fine, doing this other th- three or four different methods. But if we shock the world with a pandemic, and we can use virus-like particles—remember, we developed those already—everyone will still get sick if the concentrations are great enough. We'll still be able to then sell metabioto. Will still be able to sell pandemic insurance. They won't know the difference between a real pandemic and not. We won't release the epidemiological information, and we'll force everybody to go MRNA and that will make always, always, always will be the operating system will be the new windows for coming up with vaccines um, and health will become the new way of controlling people rather than weapons. Okay. Right. This this new century will be the bio, you know, I wrote a book called war or DARPA. This is basically the idea that really all weapons as we know them, we're seeing the last hurrah sort of in Ukraine the future is is bio agents and that to me i think is really about all those things money control um and i I just think control of the it's like a steering wheel on the world uh and that's that's what i think the big picture is
1: okay i think i'm picking up what you're saying it's a it's a group of individuals after world war ii we just conquered the Conquered. I mean, Russia technically spent 27 million people killing the Nazis. We spent half, but took the trophy. It's a bunch of people, and whether or not they're true believers or just cynics, I guess, ultimately doesn't matter because they're doing the same thing, right? A U.S. military that needs to dominate. There's a great book called uh, Tomorrow, the World, and it's about 1945 forward, the American Empire. If we're going to control all this stuff, Cold Warriors, Dulles, Angleton, we're going to kind of Bretton Woods. We're going to make it an American-centric world we're going to continually move forward so that people always have to play within our game, right? You can compete with us, but if the new game in town is satellites and we have the first satellite, you're always going to be catching up to us. And then, so we go from sort of that nuclear centric world, late forties, fifties, tactical nukes. We're going to have a smaller army footprint to like 60s, 70s, 80s, more about the proxy wars, Mujahideen in Afghanistan or ourselves in Vietnam. And then you could say like 90s is the smart weapons paradigm, 2000 to maybe 2019 is the counterinsurgency paradigm, all about using, you know, kind of introduction of drones and drones being nodes and kind of this small footprint, elite fighting force per Rumsfeld post 9-11. And so really what we're doing right now is over the last three years, we've been turning the page in the new book that it's difficult to see right now because when you're in history, it's very foggy, but in 20 years, we'll look back and say, just like we can pretty conclusively look at Oh one to 19 and be like, that's kind of the terrorism era. We're going to look back in 20, 30 years and be like, and that was the bio digital crypto kind of social media AI bought era. Right. And then by the time we start to realize what's happened, will be on to sixth-generation warfare, which will be probably some Neuralink-based shit in, like, 2040.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. I think Project for, Project for a New American Century, uh, right around 2000, um, became Project for a New Bio Century, uh, which it's, it's a gradual. I mean, we're still playing missile games in Ukraine, but it's really gotten kind of like who deploys the latest and greatest long-range missile versus an all-out missile war but but the the bio is where all the action is that's where all the you know virus-like particles and the you know stealth and all the espionage and tradecraft is going on so it's a lot more fluid about who's going to have the high ground the one thing i would throw out there is at some point kissinger you know, with his Club of Rome and then that kind of transition to the world European Forum, the economic forum. And then, you know, it was the European economic forum. Then it became the world economic forum. There is the rise of these kind of technocrats that came up with Kissinger that. No, wait a minute. We should be that group. It shouldn't be the United States. Uh, we can't. Tr- you know, the United States, if we keep furthering that model, they have the big carbon footprint. Uh, 6% of the world's population and 25% of the consumption. That's not going to work if everybody becomes an America. So, what we need is a new a new world order. And, you know, we need a World Economic Forum to enforce a new world order. Let's have the WHO be the people that declare the pandemics from now on. Let's have the vaccines be our control mechanism, et cetera. And I think that shift has happened in the last 10 years, really fast in the last three years and i think people all of a sudden kind of go wait a minute that that is happening the american uh hegemony is being taken down a notch and now we've put the wef over that um and that's really really a new idea i mean you know hg wells wrote about a new world order and a world unleashed and you know the shape of things to come and all that but he didn't have this in mind he didn't have a kissinger driven world yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's what i think is the new shocker mm.
1: and so let's take another kind of glance at it and <clears throat> if we're going to say that the terrorism era which for simplicity we'll say 2000 to 2020 even though it kind of i guess maybe ended with 2021 cobble whatever we'll just say 2020 or 20 2000 to 2020 Roughly halfway through that, around 2012, which was what, like a year, two years after kind of the apex of all of this, there's the surge in the Middle East. I think that was under Obama and Petraeus. And then there there's the um, the Arab Spring right at the peak of that. And 10 years before, you know, the 2019, 2020 kind of covid kicked in right around there, I think 2012 was when DARPA was doing the P3 ADEPT program. So they were laying the groundwork for the next page of history that would kick in in 2020. They were laying the groundwork roughly 10 years prior, which would mean that if the new era is going to be 2020 to 2040, they're probably already spitballing and bouncing ideas off of one another for what will arise in 2040. What do you think that would? I mean, we really have to kind of open the mind and go real abstract thinking. What, what would, what are we looking at in 2040? Are we is Neuralink commonplace? Is there going to be something so interconnected it will make social media look like the Pony Express? And then is there, are there going to be some new models for controlling opinion and reality? I mean, it's it's kind of getting sci-fi, but what's coming in 2040, and what are they laying the groundwork? for now am i making any sense when i say this or am i just sure. a pure blabber
0: <laughs> no no i think uh, you know there's agenda 2030 yeah the U- sure. u.n did and who has contributed to and i think that's coming fast and furious that's coming that's on an accelerated uh track um and if you look let well, I mean, let's just take that for what we know is already out there and printed so we're not speculating you know this is this is the direction we're going, which is the the digital currencies, the biometric everything, internet of things. Um, You know, this, this new kind of world, you know, tell me one person that thinks that this is like a utopia, (laughs) you know, that where we're heading, you know, like, I want to be tracked by everything. You know, I want to be measured and, you know, my purchases allowed based on their acceptableness to an AI algorithm. That that's kind of where we're going. And and at some point you have to, there has to be some kind of planning for population, you know, limits, limits to growth could be a lot of different things. Remember that's an old concept. And I think it's still at the heart of this whole thing with Kissinger. Malthusian. I yeah, Malthusian. think limits to age, you know mm. this this idea, Aubrey, Marcus, you know,
1: let, or Aubrey de Grey. Yeah, now Aubrey, Aubrey Marcus de Grey. is is like Joe Rogan's supplement guy. Aubrey de Grey, completely different person.
0: Yeah, but Aubrey de Grey, let's live for a hundred years or live live for two hundred years. That that's that's not going to happen. And and what I see, I mean, I know this sounds very dystopian, but I see the way of controlling that world as age. Um, And then just saying, okay, well, you know, you can have really 50 good years or 60 good years. But, you know, that's pretty much it. When you start really falling apart, kind of like it's time for a trade-in with how we think about cars. And, yes, you could keep going, just like we could keep the Mercedes going. uh, But it's too expensive now to keep up with the maintenance and repairs. So we're just going to go ahead and scrap you. (laughs) Four four parts and the good news is we can harvest bone marrow now a lot better than we could we can harvest all your major organs and we've gotten over a lot of the problems with organ rejection so don't feel bad you're actually going to make some contributions on the way out but you know as far as the whole carbon footprint and everything i don't see how that society could go on where everybody just keeps living this reduced life because at some point, they'd say, "Well, what do we even need these people for? They're useless eaters." But what what I do see is like this kind of like, "Hey, you've you've hit like the car the car decision. You know, you you've kind of hit before you're going to start being a lot of maintenance trouble. Now let's let's recycle that. That's that's what I think is going to happen. But on the flip side, I do think it'll be an extraordinary time for creators. Um people such as yourself uh, who have access to the internet, they talk to people, they read books, Uh, you'll be able to use AI to uh, embellish your creative endeavors. And you'll probably, you know, if you're an active creative person, you'll, you'll be a lot more famous than you ever thought you could be because you'll have access to a worldwide market that, you know, Dickens or Shakespeare could only dream of You know, at Shakespeare's time, there's only one Shakespeare uh, just because of the cost of promoting one person as the best. Right. So I. I, That's my crystal ball. It's it's as good as anybody else's wild ass guess.
1: Yeah. Now it's I think it's as good as you can get, I guess, in the final final couple of minutes, we'll wrap this up in a minute is the differentiating thing between like Elon Musk and a Klaus Schwab is Elon Musk seems to be highlighting the, the problems of low population growth. He's been a big proponent that we need to, we need to jack those numbers up that people need to reproduce more. Where is that? Is that, is that from like a different worldview? Is he maybe, and if we could get Elon Musk here, it'd be easier to ask him, but we don't have access to him, so we just have to bullshit. But is that a guy that sees a different approach to this, that you can keep growing, that the need to feed more people will force the, force the evolution of new technologies, be that some new form of vertical farming or be it you know, replacing our organs with synthetic organs that maybe don't need carbohydrates and fats. Maybe they just run on electricity fueled by nuclear fusion. Or is it a different growth model of, of, of geographically? We move out to Mars and to the moon and to the, the, the moons of Jupiter where you don't need a curb growth. You just kind of keep letting growth push it forward. What is that? Or is he just playing? Is he just playing just-
0: opposition? I think he's playing. I think all these Fuck. kids, in the pay- uh, yeah, all these kids in the PayPal mafia. You know, uh, Peter Almadar, Peter Thiel, and um, you know, they're all were the billionaires at eBay and PayPal and whatever that XCOM or whatever that that Elon
1: did. Zip, they're Zip all, they're,
0: they're, yeah, they're all sons and grandsons. I mean, if you look at the Department of Energy go all the way back to L.P. Geis, Lawrence, Preston Geis. That's Jeff Bezos' grandson. Grandpa. Isn't it interesting yeah. how... Yeah, grandfather, excuse me. Uh, he's the grandson of yeah. L.P. Geis. Isn't it interesting how that's the guy who becomes the billionaire for dominating everything from A to Z? Is it just... You know, Amazon was one of the worst-run companies for the longest time. and They lost money forever. But they just had an unbelievable advantage in never having to pay sales tax who who gets these kind of advantages and also an endless supply of money right until they finally got it right uh so you know basis is going to be successful no matter what uh and i think these if you're in the little darpa crowd you might you know be beautiful for 200 years and all that and and maybe all of this effort is worked is just to work on see if Henry Kissinger can make it to 120. Um, I, I I tend to think that the, the control that's coming in is going to be longevity because um, that's the one that makes the most sense. That's when you cost the society the most with illness, and that's when you are the least productive. Um, so I think that's where the attenuation is going to happen. And like I said, I think it's going to – I mean, already – I can. I've recorded my voice um, reading the Declaration of Independence, and then I took all you know my book uh, text, and the synthetic voice will go read it just like George Webb. It sounds It sounds like George Webb. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. They
1: don't need. I hope,
0: I'm afraid that now that I've read that Declaration of Independence, those three paragraphs, so that they don't need me anymore. They could just go. But you get what I'm saying is no, we're absolutely. already we're already leveraging the AI, you know, and. For people who are creatives, it's going to actually be, I think, pretty cool.
1: Or we won't be needed at all. I mean, this is episode 1142. There's a lot of episodes of me talking deep fake in terms of facial structure and voice and voice change and extrapolating aging. And then also just what I talk about and the themes I talk Mm -hmm. about. Yeah, man, probably not even that powerful of an AI could completely fabricate another 10,000 episodes of interviews Mm -hmm. with me. I disagree.
0: I disagree because I think the one thing,
1: you know, there's always the
0: Turing test, right? Nobody, nobody, no computer ever, I don't care if you had a bank of supercomputers, could ever be as funny as you, (laughs) Tommy. Thank you, George. It's the the humor. It's humor is the thing that never –
1: That's what I got.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the thing I don't think the computers ever do a good job of. Right? They can write Shakespeare and they can do all the sonnets and the songs and everything, but the humor just never, you would need to be coming back year after year, uh, day after day, if possible. Uh, look at, I mean, it's just very rare to have that kind of sense of humor and be funny. It's hard. It's hard to be funny. It is. It's <laughs> it very really difficult. Is.
1: It's very difficult.
0: Especially if you try to be. That's even worse. Well, so that's, I don't try.
1: If you want to actually glimpse into a, a glimpse into my tactic with this is my logic is is if you try to be a comedian everyone's always expecting you to be funny. You are promising funny and thus if you don't deliver 100% or at least 90% funny, you're booed. Versus if you just do a podcast and interview people about books or news stories, no one's expecting funny. So you only got a bat with like a five or 10% funny average. And people are like, that guy's funny because I never promised funny. So if I do bring funny, it's total luxury. And if I don't bring it, I never promised it. I never said versus if you say I'm a funny guy and then you don't make people laugh, they're like behead the clown. So yeah. I don't, I don't and, promise it.
0: And, <laughs> and I, you know, the Russell brands of the world, you know, yeah. 11 million followers. So that is a hell of a burden, you know, because Hey, I'm a stand up comedian. So yeah, Awful. But we we still deliver funny somehow, Tommy. Even though we talk about these the darkest world world again all this stuff, it really yeah. is
1: the darkest, most depressing shit. I mean, I guess the silver lining is this morning General Flynn retweeted a video of me talking to Doctor McCullough, so that was kind of cool.
0: Did he really? Oh, that's so. Nobody cool. nobody I gave me
1: nobody gave me credit. They were like, "Go follow Doctor McCullough," and I'm like, "I'm." That's me in the video. little tiny... Nobody noticed, but somebody... Was it your
0: first... I mean, you've done so many interviews with Dr. Uh, McCullough.
1: It was one from, I think, the end of last year, the end of 2022. And somebody took a clip of it and uploaded it, and General Flynn retweeted it, and naturally whenever i see a video of me getting reached i love it but no one ever knows me they know the guest because i get great guests but they never have my name in there they're like dr mccall was on some show with some idiot and, and you know it's like it's me i
0: think i remember that show because i think i did the clip uh i did one clip okay which we, he talked about the heart, the spike going to the heart and the pericytes might have been that i remember that i remember that I remember that interview. I don't know. I'll go check now to see what Flynn retweeted. Yeah. But Tommy, your your time is just around the corner. You know, all you have to do is just uh, go to one of these events where Flynn is and just go up and say, thanks for retweeting me. And then he'll say, well, what did I retweet? And then you tell him, and then they go, oh, you're that guy.
1: You're that guy. And then,
0: and then they'll bring you on stage and then you'll be famous.
1: And then they'll snap a finger and some guys in suits will throw me into a black escalade and I'll never be seen again hey you had your moment in the sun hey. you know that's a beautiful how, story that's how this whole show ends anyway is with me <laughs> and george in matching guantanamo orange jumpsuits that's how this ends i've just accepted it
0: tommy i i during the break i gotta be honest with you when you went away i, I tried my hand in humor i said you know if you look at that window behind tommy could that not be the sixth floor? Texas schoolbook Depository. Oh, that
1: would be that would be great if I did an episode from the schoolbook depository. Would that be great? If I did it on like, if I did it on November twenty second and never once mentioned it. Yeah, just interviewed like a basketball player, If <laughs> I did it with. And I just I dressed up like Jackie Kennedy. I was in the, like the pink, the pink hat and everything. And you
0: had a, a carcano leaning up against oh, the yeah. window. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Absolutely. You just never, Absolutely. You just never mention it. Yeah, Carcano that's, that's and then
1: awesome. like a like a free Cuba pamphlet next to me. <laughs> yeah, fair how. play for
0: Cuba, committee. Yeah, fair know, play yeah. for
1: Cuba. Yeah, that's that's what I would yeah. do. Good fair Lord, you're go. you the thumbnail. Well, you
0: know all about that stuff, you know. So you're going to have to carry that in the next generation. And <sighs> everybody, all those all those great Oswald jokes, you know, are go you know go missing on the younger generation. So you you'll be the guy there reminding everybody, hey, maybe in your lifetime. They'll release those extra eight thousand documents.
1: Maybe I don't think they will. I don't yeah. think they will ever will. Yeah, why probably would, not. Why would they?
0: So I got to ask you a quick question before yeah. we go. Um, so how is the podcast doing? Tell me, give me some numbers. I, I want feed me some numbers.
1: It's it's growing. It's growing faster. It's uh, it's uh, what's it called? It's at sixteen thousand seven hundred subscribers on Rumble at like 3,300 subscribers on Spotify. It's growing exponentially. I think last year I averaged 30,000 views a month on Rumble. This year I'm averaging like a quarter million a month. So there's a giant jump. Um, Spotify, it took almost three years to get to 200,000 downloads on Spotify. And now it's taken about three months to get another 100,000. So that's an exponential jump. All the other platforms are—they're kind of growing linearly, but Rumble and Spotify—they seem to be really picking up exponentially, and it's—it's it's very exciting. But it's still not going fast enough for my—for my desires.
0: Well, Elon tweets you out, and then you get Elon as a guest. You get—I would get Flynn as a guest.
1: I've tried. I've tried so um, many times.
0: You know, I'm going to be uh, with the advantage tomorrow and, uh, and J- Dr. Jane Ruby, and I'll see if she can't put in a good word cause she uh, tours with him on this, uh, cause I think you're, you're one tweet away. You're one Mike Flint tweet away from, you know, so close. 10 times those numbers.
1: Yeah. I'm so close. So. I can feel it. I'm so close. It's <laughs> so close, but I always remind myself that I'm owed nothing. That's like a, that's a trap you don't want to fall into is if only Joe Rogan would retweet me, he owes me nothing. He owes me nothing. Well, see the
0: thing about Rogan though, and he's, he had a little bit of humor, right? Or Russell Brand and stuff. Those are all people like closer to my age. You know, they're, 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 you know, 40 to 50, um, versus you kind of dominate your category and the under, under 35s, you know, you, you kind of dominate the category. I can't think of another person out there that is as funny as you and does the news. Thank so you. look at look at it that way, you know. Uh, uh, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to work on that tomorrow. I'm gonna go see if we can't get Flynn to retweet you. As a Matter of fact, everybody watching this right now, retweet this to General Flynn and say thank you very much, General Flynn, for retweeting Tommy Carrigan this morning. Absolutely. Because Flynn might not know that's Tommy Kerrigan.
1: He might not know who that handsome devil is. Yeah. If
0: you retweet this right now and say, thank you, my, uh, at general Flynn, or is it general Michael Flynn? I, think,
1: I can't remember Lieutenant it Lieutenant general Mike Flynn.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Whatever his Twitter handle is. And then like, here's the guy you retweeted this morning. I think let's let
1: the internet work for us for a change. <laughs> just ends with me in jail in nine hours because somebody attacked <laughs> Flynn. <laughs> I'm just like I said nothing it's just me and yeah I think that might be maybe it's and I hate to make up excuses but I'm going to do it because I'm a salty bitch is I wonder if the fact that I'm 32 I wonder if that does inhibit some growth because it's for the same reason I wouldn't give a podcast with an 18 year old the time of day I would just be like oh what does he know he's in high school I wonder. well I think that used
0: to might. That might have been true, but not ever since all the luminaries that you've – I mean, you have all the bakes of COVID. That's your thing. You know, you got all the bakes of COVID. And the other thing is you have a lot of special forces folks and a lot of authors, which is a very unusual mix. Like a lot of people, like Peter Duke, you know, I'm doing a show with him today at 5. He's like, Tommy interviewed him. Tommy interviewed him. All these authors that are on the Duke Report, Tommy interviewed him already. It's like you really get around. And it it gets easier because all that uh, pushing the ball up the hill was really hard at the beginning. But now you can say, well, I've had this guy, this yeah. guy, this guy, this guy. And especially after Flynn retweets you, after we have everybody, please do it. Please Retweet do it. Retweet Yeah.
1: Well, I do appreciate that, George. Um, but I say let's wrap this one up. Thank you for yep. coming on here. I love talking to you and I love you, George. That is a lot of people know that. George and I love each other. We we don't apologize to anybody. It's what it is. No. We don't apologize what for love. Um But uh yeah, guys, go follow George on Twitter. Go grab his books, go follow his his tweets and uh yeah, thank you so much for watching. George, thank you, sir. Thanks, Tommy. Take right, care, guys. brother. Thank you so much. Right. Take care, everybody. Thanks for Recording watching. Stay stopped. safe out there and peace.